Welcome back, another brand new episode, Nothing Important Podcast. I am your host. I'm not in the office today. I'm in the living room, the sala. I'm chilling on my rocking chair, which I love. I love this fucking rocking chair. I got great memories on this rocking chair. Uh, <laughs> great memories on this rocking chair. Um, you ever jerk off while you rocking back and forth, nigga? No. Um... No, I love this rocking chair. This is a, you know, some furniture I got when I first moved to Atlanta. And it came in handy because I moved to Atlanta in 2019. That is correct. Right before the world shut down, ladies and gentlemen. What fucking timing that was. Because it feels like this was the only city in America beside the entirety of the hellhole that is Florida that was not abiding by the uh, mandated shutdown that was proposed by uh, whatever fucking Illuminati made those decisions. But Atlanta wasn't shut down during the fucking pandemic. Niggas was still lining up to go to the strip club. It was <laughs> nobody gave a fuck, you know? So great timing. I showed up here in 2019, furnished an apartment in Buckhead, Atlanta. This is one of the first things I had in the apartment, the rocking chair. And to coincide with a stereotypical pandemic experience i got me a pandemic baby my daughter was born in 2021 2021 and so this rocking chair has come in very handy you know my my little girl's growing up she is 19 months in march she will be two years old holy shit incredible time motherfucking flies and i've spent a lot of time on this rocking chair Particularly rocking her ass to sleep. Trying to hypnotize her fucking ass so she can go to sleep. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Talking about my daughter. Today is Halloween. Halloween. Beautiful, wonderful holiday. I think it's the greatest holiday. Because I, I shit on every other holiday because of the true meaning of every other holiday. This one is up front. It's up front demonic and evil and witch-like. It's, it's called tricking or treating. So you already know what you're getting into. It's no bullshit. And I don't have a problem with things that are wrong. I believe in balance in this universe. I think there has to be light and dark in this human experience, in this universal connected experience. There has to be good and bad, yin and yang. So I don't have a problem per se with bad, the illusion you know, that's what I have an issue with. So Halloween, I got no beef with. You want to dress up like you're in Dante's Inferno or you're a fucking witch or you're a gargoyle or you want to people dress up like Jeffrey Dahmer. That eating people, son of a bitch. <laughs> people dress up as him. You know, do what you got to do. Just don't dress up as a Nazi because you saw what happened to Kanye. Um, some guy actually did that. Some guy in New York City. I was on Reddit. I saw a guy in New York City. He went into a bar dressed as a Nazi. Not smart. New York, very Jewy. Very Jewy in New York. <laughs> Not the best place to do that. Should have went to fucking Oklahoma with that, that energy. But um, it's not a dig at Oklahoma. They're cool. What was I saying? Today is Halloween. Me and my, my doubter. I don't know why I'm speaking with a fucking accent. But yeah. My little girl's getting big, and this is her first actual tricking and treating. Tricking and treating. 
last year, Halloween, she was a baby baby. She, you know, she wasn't walking around. I still had her in the, the fucking thing that you strap onto your back and you throw the baby in. You look like super dead. I still had her in one of those things, you know? And um, this year, I just let her run around. We took her to Ponce Market. And if you've been to Atlanta, if you live in Atlanta, you know Ponce Market. Great place. Um, Atlanta's not really a, a Halloween city. I'm going to just be real with you. It's not a Halloween city. Um, it is kind of like more subdued. I guess it's because it's like a lot of fake-ass Christians here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> everybody Christian on a motherfucking Sunday, but on Saturday, everybody twerking. Men, women, pastors, preachers, ushers, everybody. But they're not really like, you know, Halloween wasn't hot. It was also Halloween on a Monday. So I, I guess that's what was going on. People are a little bit more practical in the city. I was telling my girl like 90 times during the day. I was like, yo, in New York City, it don't matter if it would be fucking sleet, snow, uh, brimstone and fucking fire. If God came back with a vengeance and started rapturing people off the planet and putting wrath upon everybody else, all the other sinners, people will be outside for Halloween. It could be a Wednesday in the middle of whenever the fuck type of weather and people will be outside. Today was a beautiful day, beautiful weather. It's a Monday. Nobody was outside. Nonetheless, had an incredible time. I told you guys, Halloween is the greatest. It is the best fucking holiday. Every other holiday, every other American fucking holiday, it's a farce. It's an illusion. It's bullshit. Christmas, that's not when Jesus was born. They're not talking about Christ. It's some pagan shit. Just be up front with me. I'll worship your fucking witch gods, white people. Just to let me know. Let me know. <laughs> Thanksgiving, that is a fucking holiday about the pilgrims who were like skinning Native Americans and fucking their carcasses. I'm exaggerating, but you know, probably I'm not exaggerating. Um, what, are the, what are the holidays? Uh, Easter, we got to celebrate the death of a fucking, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to disrespect Christ. John, I can't disrespect Jesus on the chance that he is real. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to just, I don't want to gamble, you know? I'm going to take a sip of my motherfucking tea. Ladies and gentlemen, un momentito. I'm drinking lemon echinacea. Echinacea? Yogi tea. My favorite tea. Sounds like I'm doing a fucking ad. My favorite tea because it doesn't only come with a tea bag. It comes with a little note. When you open up the paper rectangle that holds within it the tea bag, that is stapled onto it a string for you to dip that tea bag in and out as if you were uh, standing over a loved one, dipping your ball sack into their wet mouth. Very similar. So you're doing that, but at the end of the string is a little piece of paper and it's a note and they give you a quote, an inspirational quote. So it's not only the meditative factor of tea, echinacea is to boost the immune system, Hot liquid is re relaxing, no homo. And um, on top of all of that, they give you a beautiful quote. And I'll read what mine says. Let's see. It says, when fear is forcing you to give up, call upon your heart's courage to continue. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that motherfucking beautiful? Ladies and gentlemen, I was talking to you. I'm going to continue. I'm not going to get scared. It's Halloween. There's a lot of spooky shit going on. I'm going to continue talking about the beautiful afternoon I had with my daughter. 
we went to Ponce Market. My daughter for Halloween was a pumpkin. That's what she wanted to be. She watches Miss Rachel. If there's any parents out there, Miss Rachel is she sold her soul to the devil to be able to communicate to children like adults communicate to each other. She's incredible. She has a gift. There's something that she does. <laughs> she's found her destiny. She's found her personal legend and she's living it out to the fullest. This woman is on YouTube and she has hundreds of videos um, where she does what would on the surface level seem like comparable to what any other child program does. You know, sing the wheels on the bus and tell people how to say dada, mama and all that bullshit. Right. Um, but she's found a technique that I'm it, I guess it's so nuanced and I'm not really picking up on it. It just sounds like she's speaking like a retard. Uh, <laughs> as a 30 year old man, when I'm watching Miss Rachel, that's what it looks like. But for whatever reason, since my daughter's been watching this program, she's been picking up on pronunciation at a more rapid pace. So I'm like, okay, this lady, she knows what the fuck she's doing. And um, all that being said, there's an episode that Miss Rachel has because she has a, an episode for everything. You know, there's an episode. Why, why are mommy and daddy fighting? And she'll explain that to my daughter. And then my daughter comes to me and gives me therapy. Miss um, <laughs> Rachel has a Halloween episode. And so she you know, walks around her imaginary town. And introduces children to all the pagan idols, witches, warlocks, and demons that they should get very familiar with if they want to be a good little American boy or girl, right? So she's, you know, walking around. This is a black cat. And so I've, I've noticed I'll, I'll just be walking around with my daughter in the month of October since she's watched this episode. She'd be like, black cat. I'm like, who, who taught you that? I'm not, I'm not raising you, right? What the fuck? Who's teaching you this, Right? Black cat, black cat. And then she, she would uh, see a pumpkin. She'd go, pumpkin, pumpkin. And so I thought, you know, I'm just going to throw her off. I, I Sometimes I ask her questions. I'm a, I'm a big believer when you have a, a child, regardless of their age, you don't baby talk them. You talk to them like they're fucking adults. I ask her if she's done her taxes. No, you, t you speak to them in complete sentences because it allows them to pick up the, the la human language, human language, English language. Um. In totality, they don't have to like learn a baby version and then learn the adult version. So I speak to her like that. I, I asked her, I was like, Ali, what do you want to be for Halloween? What do you want to be? And she looks at me, she says, a pumpkin. And I'm like, what? What? Where's my baby? Where's my drooling, incoherent, emotionally unstable baby? You know, I'm, I have a kid now. It's fucking insane how quick that happens. And so... My daughter was a pumpkin. She was the most beautiful, cute pumpkin. I don't know if anybody listening that has children. My kid is cuter. Everybody's biased, but you know, mine, mine is also factual. It's bias plus fact. And so I'm walking around with my child, Ponce Market. Um, of course, what happens? Everybody in, in, in their grandma. Walking up, oh my God, she is the cutest pumpkin I've ever seen. So beautiful, so gorgeous, amazing. You have a well of unlimited beauty spilling out of your dickhead, apparently. You know, women complimenting me, men complimenting me, people kissing my feet, you know, asking to uh, do blood sacrifices before me. 
to honor me because I, I felt like a god, and apparently to them I appeared as one. This is my beautiful daughter, which is walking around the most incredible pumpkin um, in Ponce Market. And beside all my bullshit, um, <laughs> it was a beautiful afternoon, like just observing her trick-or-treating. And me, me and my girl kind of like just getting into that mindset of nostalgia and going back and just remembering how crazy it was to grow up in New York City. How crazy that was. What a crazy experience that was. When you travel and you live in different cities, you get a perspective. There is a commonality. There's a consensus in the human experience outside of New York City. When you, you live there and when you're from there, you think the world is like that. No, they're the outlier. That city is the outlier. That city is strange. It's not organic. It's not normal. That's not how the world is. That's just New York. <laughs> and so we're in Atlanta and it's like real even keel. You know, they're getting like nice ass packages, like pre-packaged with a whole bunch of different candies and a fucking bigger package to put in their bag. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? What the fuck is this shit? They, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> when I was growing up, you walk up and down the street and at, firstly, everybody had candy and they had way too much of it. I don't know if there was a, a, a state or city budget to give all these establishments candy because everybody in New York City had book bags worth of fucking candy because it was just being given out like, I don't know what supply is given up. <laughs> like that. It was fucking giving out like there's nothing that it's giving out that that freely. You know, everything has a price tag. But on Halloween in New York, back in the day, they were giving out a lot of candy. But the way they gave it to us was inhumanely. And we didn't care. We were animals. They were like throwing it like slop to the pigs. It was pig feed. And it was just the old school, like nineties candies, early two thousands, like fruity tooties and Tootsie Rolls and uh Jolly Ranchers, just all this shit that would decay your teeth at a faster rate and, you know, cause child death from asphyxiation. Just like shit you could choke on and horrible, horrible candies. And they would throw it at us. They would throw it at us. And <laughs> kids were just screaming. The adults were screaming. And that was Halloween. And Atlanta, just such a different experience. It was like a inter every trick or treat that she did. You know, she would go to another place. Trick or treat. It was a it was a clean two and a half minute interaction. And I was confused after a while. <laughs> I didn't grow up like this. <laughs> we take it to one fucking, you know, one vendor. And they're like, oh, my God, what's your name? What is your name? And everybody's just behind us waiting in the line. Okay with that? You know, I don't understand that energy. New York City, that wouldn't have been there. Move the fuck over. We got places to go. We got more candy to get. Nope, not in Atlanta. Atlanta was cool. You know? They were asking her what's her name, telling her she's beautiful. My baby's like fucking flirting with grown women. Oh, oh my God. Oh, oh. She's gushing. Like, this is fucking ridiculous, yo. And um, beautiful experience to witness, though. You know, it's, it's mind blowing. You can see when their mind is blown. I can't yet go back into the past. Maybe in my lifetime, somebody can actualize you know, these science fiction concepts of time travel or remote viewing or whatever the fuck it is that will allow somebody to go back and tap the shoulder of a younger themselves and tell them to buy Bitcoin 10 years ago or whatever the fuck people want to do. But I can't go back to the first time I smoked some weed. 
to see my mind being blown. You know what I mean? I can't do that. I can only try to like remember the fragmented memory of the first time I inhaled some marijuana, not really understanding how I looked to everybody else around me. You know, people got to wit excuse me, people got to witness my, my brain being blown out of my fucking cranium, but I didn't get to see that. And that's the beauty of being a parent. It's like now every time I introduce my daughter to something that's new, I get to see her brain blown. I get to see like her mind expand, another crease and fold just form in her in her brain. You know, and it's incredible. She's just like so confused, you know? She she had reference, obviously, from this this demonic uh, genius, Miss Rachel, who indoctrinated my daughter. And in, in, it had to be 15 days that she had before she had seen the, uh, the span between her watching the episode that educated her on Halloween and it being Halloween. Probably 15 days, two, two weeks or some shit. And my daughter knew everything about Halloween. So she came into Halloween knowing what the fuck was up. She knew she was going to be a pumpkin. She was saying Halloween all day, and yet and still, it was blowing her mind that she was there. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like when people try to get ready for the moment, and then they, they get there, and they're like, oh, this is different. You know? She, like, got catatonic, like a deer in the headlights. She just stood and blocked a whole bunch of fucking people, just stood and started staring at a ghost and was like, oh, Halloween? Halloween? And I was like, yes, Ali, it's Halloween. That is a dead person. This is what we do. As human beings, we, uh, we're very weird, collectively. Um, yeah, it was beautiful. It was incredible. And, um, you know, I started eating my child's candy. As, I, as a dad is supposed to fucking do, my daughter's not going to eat all that fucking candy. I'm, I'm, it's really for me. It's really for me. Um, what was your favorite candy growing up or your favorite chocolate growing up? You know, this is a fat kid question. For me, you know, <laughs> you already know somebody got an addiction when they're, they're talking about a, a candy or a chocolate and they start the sentence with, for me, the most annoying fucking sentence starter. For me, uh, but for me, uh, there's a couple. I think it's changed throughout my lifetime. When I was younger and very, in, just in the midst of the storm, in the eye of the storm of abject poverty and, you know, <laughs> drug addict in the household, physical abuse and outside, you know, my community was abusive. All that shit, all that stress, all that trauma in the midst of that, in the eye of that storm, um, I was thinking more tactically as it pertained to chocolate or, or candy. <laughs> I was trying to be logical about this shit. I was like, what is the cheapest shit that can fill my malnourished stomach, that can give me the greatest high so I, I can escape, I can chemically escape from the physical reality that I'm bound in as a child. Um, and so it wasn't even like a traditional candy or chocolate bar that I was into. In New York, in the bodegas in East Harlem, and probably around the city, can't speak for everybody, they had these little 25 cents cakes you know, everybody knows what a honey bun is, but the honey bun is but one uh, of of the lineup, you know, of the starting five. You know what I'm saying? Honey bun is essential because if we're talking, you know, logical, poor, fat kid trying to drug himself, trying to get a dopamine endorphin rush so that they can 
dodged their, their childhood depression for circumstances that they have no power to, to get out of. Honey bun is a great move. It, it, it's high in calorie. There's a lot of sugar. You know, you will get that nice, warm, full feeling from eating whatever the fuck that is. I don't believe it's a bun. I don't think that is dough. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not going to believe that. You know, those things last for two years in the plastic, in that thin, thin veiled plastic. It's crazy. But um, the other ones that I would get, uh, probably never heard of these, but like Star Crunch, which was like, what was Star Crunch? It was like, the way I would like liken these, it was like the, the cheap, uh, cheap, super cheap version of Little Debbie's snacks, but super fucking dirt cheap. And they have them, they were like zebra cakes. People know what zebra cakes is, Star Crunch, Moon Pies, shit like that. And I would eat those shits up until probably 15 years old, like meals. I would fucking math it out and budget it out. I have four quarters or five quarters, a dollar or a dollar 25, and that would be a fucking meal. That would be a fucking meal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Get that shit right before basketball practice. Like, that was the shit. That was, that's, that's what I had. You know, that's what I was working with. So, um... Yeah, that's what that was. And then as with anything in life, once options become avail- available, you get to know not only who you are, but what you actually like. You don't get to know who you are or what you actually like until you have options. As a young man, I didn't have the options. I started getting a little bit older, you know, and, and I could pick what candy bar I would like. And it wasn't you know, just the financial restriction. But once again, the psychological restriction, I was in a place of, I need to get something to get me the highest. So it's not always about quality. It was more about quantity. It was more about, you know, caloric intake, the amount of sugar and the fucking poisonous, you know, little cake. Um, Didn't need that as I started getting older, that they started to lessen. And then probably, it's probably progressive. It was like, Three Musketeers because that was that was a big girthy bar, no homo. Um, <laughs> Twix became a favorite. I still like Twix, but I had a phase of like Twix being the thing. And I like Twix because the first one you would just like fucking dog that shit. You would just eat the shit out of the first Twix, and in the second one, you could like just you know bite off the little layers, get to the wafer, get to the caramel layer. And um, enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. You have, a, you have a good old time. And then you wish after you ate the second one correctly, like you enjoyed it, you savored it, you wish you had done that with the first one. But you didn't. Um, and, then it, you know, you get that great feeling of you wanting more. And that's always amazing with anything, right? Uh, I would say what I finalized on, like the perfect chocolate bar as an adult, is a Hershey's with almonds. A Hershey's with almonds is incredible. That is an incredible, it, it, it is, I don't know what it is. It's like the architecture about it. Like the design of the bar tricks you into making you think it's like fucking healthy because it's the, it's the shape of a, a, a sports bra, a protein bar, right? So you think you're eating a fucking pre-workout, but no, you're just, you're adding on to the possibility of diabetes. That's what you're doing. Um, but I love a Hershey's with almonds. I like you. Um, I'm I'm saying all this. Let me let me take another sip of my motherfucking tea, bitch. My tea, bitch.
And I actually have the candy bag right next to me. What's inside? Um, there is a Jolly Rancher. I can't do that. I can't do that. That is like too much. There's a Reese's, Little Hershey's. I'm going to leave this shit for my daughter. I'm not be a fat asshole. Um, yeah, Halloween. Incredible. Candy. Even better. I've been talking for 24 minutes. What have I been talking about? Nothing important. This is a nothing important podcast. I hope you, you knew that. I hope you didn't think that you clicked over to some other podcast that you enjoyed. You know? As time goes on, let's get into science fiction very quickly after I just talked about that beautiful afternoon and I just had it on Halloween. As time moves on, is it possible that it starts to meld like memories do? Does reality work as a macrocosm expression of the micro expression that is our brains? As above, so below. Is it like that actual past just blends together and, you know, can never be what it actually was? Not just because of the the thousand, two thousand, five thousand year old game of telephone and trying to decipher dead languages and all that other stuff and us trying to, you know, understand what these ancient civilizations were into and never being able to quite quite grasp that. But actually, like in in a scientific way, maybe it just melds and reforms itself. Um. Right? Does that even make sense? Is that coherent? Nope. I don't care. I don't care. Um, you know, it's like something I always thought about. There is, in our eyes, the receptors that transmit the signals that would be expressed in our brain as a color. Right. Um, What is it like cones or something? I forgot exactly what it is. I'm not going to break down the structure of an eye. It doesn't matter for this fucking thought. I always like wondered if everybody sees the world in different colors. Like each individual has a, a filter almost, so to speak. And we all look at, let's say, the color red. And for one guy. Um. I mean, red is consistent externally. Outside of the human perception, red is red. It is what it is. And everybody's eyeball perceives it differently. And that's why somebody could define that color, whatever it fucking looks like externally to the human body, as red. And we all agree, okay, this is what red is. But from person to person, it could vary. You know what I mean? Like, I could be looking at the color red and see, you know, red. And somebody else could be looking at it and they understand it the entirety of their life as red, but they're seeing blue and somebody else is seeing green and somebody else is seeing yellow. And like just that random palette switch. Like, what if that was going on? You know, I only think about that because I think psychologically that's what's going on. From person to person. I don't think any two people can truly hold on to the same psychological interpretation of what's happening. Regardless of education, uh, it can be very close to each other. But just as we are all snowflakes, you know, that brings me to another like, uh, I hate this saying. I think I'm going to do one of those every fucking podcast and i'll probably end on this but 
Um, <laughs> I hate when they say nothing is new under the sun. Who is that in the Bible? Or is that who said that? Who said that? I don't agree with that. I don't believe that. That doesn't even make any fucking sense. It doesn't make any sense. Every moment, whether it's experienced by you or one of the other 7 billion people on the planet at this moment in time, every single moment in the past and in the future is individual and radically individual. Like there's no possible fucking way for everything in the moment, like right now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a word and that word is going to identify a moment. The word is going to be purple. When I say purple and you experience that moment, that is going to be a unique, never happened before, never will happen again. Purple. You get it? That's a moment in fucking time. I'm talking about everything considered, where you are, the way you're sitting, you know, how your asshole feels at the fucking moment, <laughs> if you're nuts or itchy, you know, what does your apartment look like? What does your house look like? What plane is flying overhead? The combination of all of those factors, every factor on the planet, internally, externally, is a completely unique, you know what I'm saying? Arrangement in that moment that I say the word purple. And so every moment is completely unique. There is no repetition. It's always something fucking new. So I hate when they say that. Nothing new under the sun. It's not true. It's not fucking true. It's not true. I get what they're trying to say. It's like more philosophical and deep. They're trying to say that the human experience is more alike than it is different. People have felt the emotions that you felt. All this bullshit. But no, I don't think it's like that, man. I think maybe we think it's like that. But... The reason everything's so fucked between human beings is because we are all and literally in our own worlds. We're all literally in our own worlds and all the madness and depression and angst and friction and violence is because we don't have the ability, maybe because we're not evolved enough to truly get out of the bubble that there is our own particular psychological interpretation of reality and go into anybody else's. I'm not talking about expanding your brain or reaching higher levels of the consciousness or kumbaya, hold hands, see it another person's way. I don't think people are able. I don't think it's a reality or potential reality for us to understand truly how another person sees something. Or how they're experiencing it. Or how they feel it. I think it's too many random factors. That are all individual to each person. And it's ever changing. From moment to moment. You are a new person. What did I hear? I just said I'm going to end it on this. But this is another interesting thing. You can go fucking look it up yourself. I don't know if this is true. I heard it in passing. It makes sense. It makes sense. Sometimes you don't need to go and do the deep dive and homework. Which... You could, but you don't have to be immediate and rush to your fucking computer like a crazy person and be like, is this true? You don't have to immediately verify things. Sometimes things resonate with you deeper than fact or consensus or study or proof or evidence. Sometimes things are said and they resonate with you deeper than the need to validate them. You know? And I heard that... Um, Every seven years, 
your body has completed a full refresh. What that basically means is like cell death to replication or cell growth ratio. Like obviously through your lifetime, cells die and are born, so to speak. And for us, zero to seven, seven to 14, like every seven year mark is a marker for the completion of like a completely different physical entity. Like all of the cells from when you were first born are dead at seven and it's a completely new set of cells. Meaning everything that you're made up of, your hair, your skin, your eyes, your nose, the organs, external, internal, your blood. And that's a fucking interesting concept. You know, that that is an interesting concept because it's like every seven years, your physical. It's DNA, so it's replicating what you are. Through your genetic code, but it also kind of like two things pop in my brain. It's like if the way I treat myself in that seven year period would influence completely when that seven year marker hits, you know, could add in potential mutations or maybe make the other seven-year version of myself more dormant, some some genetic factors or things that were strong. It's just interesting to me. It's interesting to fucking think about. Um, what was the second thing? I was thinking um, on like a philosophical level, that gives more evidence to a guy like me that we are not our bodies, that these are just vessels that are holding a being. And... Um, what that being is, I'm not completely motherfucking sure, ladies and gentlemen. We're not going to go completely down the rabbit hole. You see how I do this? I started you guys off with a spoon of sugar in a literal sense. This is this is a metaphor, but in a literal sense, I was talking about motherfucking Halloween candy. Just like candy. Just like candy. I did that for a while. I got you emotionally involved with my daughter. And then I just, bloop, rabbit hole. Um, go do your own research. Don't rely on me. I think anybody who listens to this podcast by now has like a, a tight enough grasp uh, to know that I, I'm a fan of fleeting anything. Fleeting. In one day, out the other. In one ear, out the other. You know what I'm saying? I enjoy. I enjoy it. You know, I'm a sailor on uncharted oceans. And... Um, so I'm not spending a ton of time researching, getting in in deep with the facts. But that's what you're there for. You go fucking do it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you continue listening to the Nothing Important Podcast, I want to thank you sincerely. Sincerely. Thank you. Go on to my YouTube. Go on to my Instagram. Post, reels, all that shit that is so important to the greater ecosystem of humanity. Butterfly effect, everything you fucking do, everything you think, every time you scratch that little mole on the side of your nuts that you're worried that it might be cancerous, but you don't go into the doctor because that would mean facing your fucking fears. Every time you do anything, it is going to influence. It will set in motion a chain of effects that you have no possible understanding of what the fuck is going to come from it. There's nothing insignificant. All of your actions, all of your thoughts, all of your inactions, all of your 
your brainlessness, all of these things contribute to the collective experience that we're all fucking having. And so I would ask you, if you are a continual listener to the Nothing Important podcast, what are you doing? What are you doing by listening to me? Is this good? Is this bad? You know, ponder that question until fucking next time.